This is a Federal News Network podcast. It might be critical, but infrastructure in the United States has remained stubbornly difficult to protect from cyber and physical attacks. Now the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, part of DHS, has a new five-year plan for an important subset of critical infrastructure, namely industrial control systems. Here with the details of the plan, the Deputy Assistant Director of Cybersecurity at CISA, Richard Driggers. Mr. Driggers, good to have you on. Good morning. Thank you for having me. What is the fundamental challenge in protecting control systems? Earlier, 20 years ago, none of them were connected generally to the Internet, and now they all are. Is that the basic problem here? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the crux of it. I mean, the biggest challenge is a lot of these ICS devices that we find in our critical infrastructure, you know, they were installed a long time ago and really used to create efficiencies internal into the facility. And so, uh, you know, they weren't necessarily designed for security. With the digital transformation over the you know, past two and a half decades, these devices have become connected to the Internet and part of an ever-expanding attack surface is exposed to a plethora of malicious actors, activists, criminals, and nation-state actors. I think one of the other fundamental challenges is the workforce shortage across all aspects of cybersecurity is creating also a challenge to find industrial control systems or operational technology subject matter experts that can help uh, critical infrastructure owners and operators better secure and configure uh, their operational technology environments. Now, the control systems for, say, a water distribution system are very different from the control systems in a nuclear power plant or in electrical distribution or you name it. Are any of the control systems sectors worse off than others in CISA's view? No, I think that there's vulnerabilities across all aspects of ICS in every sector. Uh, the question is, is you know, what is the most worthwhile target for our adversaries? We've certainly seen Russia go after energy sector, specifically electric facilities. Uh, you know, we've been told about China's interest in pipelines. You know, that said, other sectors such as water, critical manufacturing are also uh, vulnerable. Um, and I think that you'll find that, that not only is it because we've got devices that are accessible via the inter- Internet, but we also have configuration issues where we have a business environment that's running your payroll or other human resource activities for business is connected to the, uh, the, the OT environment or the ICS environment. And so we work really closely with industry uh, and owners and operators and put out best practices around configuration controls and things of that nature. So in other words, the attack vectors for industrial control systems are pretty similar to those for everything else, phishing attacks, insider threats or mistakes by insiders, and then the old-fashioned hackers in. Yeah, I think you'll find, you know, phishing, spear phishing, password spraying, uh, really low-cost, low-technique tradecraft that our adversaries are using. And of course, there's the uh, the access issue with insider threat and that nature. What we need to do is we need to put more emphasis on ICS security. We need to put more time and energy into it so that it's a lot harder for our adversaries to exploit the, the vulnerabilities uh, within ICS. Now, CISA has been cooking on a lot of different burners, I think almost since the name change a couple of years ago. It's been really stepping up the game. What prompted the emphasis now on ICS? ICS became one of our five priorities within CISA. Uh, when we stood the agency up, we've got five priorities. One's around soft targets and crowded places, uh, school safety, things of that nature. Uh, that's more of obviously a physical security. We've got bluntly China is a priority of us around supply chain risks. 
as well as the risk that are going to be the risk for the deployment of 5G technology around the globe. Federal security, federal.gov security, we have a mandate to secure the .gov, so uh, the federal.gov and, the, and, and, and our work that we do to help departments and agencies secure their networks and systems is a priority. And then, of course, um, election security is, is, is always a priority of ours and going to continue to be a priority going forward. And then industrial control systems or critical infrastructure protection is another uh, one of those priorities. We're speaking with Richard Driggers. He's Deputy Assistant Director for Cybersecurity at the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. And just briefly outline what is the basic plan of attack here for CISA in taking on and stepping up the security for industrial control systems? So really our, our vision for ICS is to achieve a collective approach with industry and government. We want to empower the ICS community to defend itself. We want to inform ICS investments and proactive risk management of our national critical functions. Uh, we want to unify capabilities and resources of the federal government and really move to a proactive ICS security and drive positive, sustainable, and measurable change to the ICS risk environment. Well, what are some of the ways you're going to do that? So the strategy outlined four pillars. The, the first pillar is to ask more of the ICS community and deliver more to them. Uh, we want to reinvigorate and deepen our existing partnerships while also expanding the scope of engagements with the broader ICS community to empower CISA's partnerships to mitigate ICS risks. Pillar two is to develop and utilize technology to mature collective ICS cyber defense. CISA will develop and promote easily accessible, deployable, and inexpensive ICS tools and capabilities to help asset owners and operators secure ICS against uh, adversaries. Pillar three is really around deep data and building capabilities to analyze and deliver information to the ICS community that can be used to disrupt the ICS cyber kill chain. Uh, and we want to diversify our data partnerships. We want to further define uh, what the ICS data needs are and support efforts to increase the ingestion of additional data uh, differentiated by source type consequence to increase visibility uh, into ICS threats and vulnerabilities. And then the fourth pillar is to enable informed and proactive security investments by understanding and anticipating the ICS risk. So this is really looking over the horizon at, you know, what, what does the risk gate landscape look like? How do we use that knowledge to inform investments into a proactive initiatives uh, that move the ICS community ahead of the threat curve? Now, early on in all of this, I'm talking maybe 10, 12, 15 years ago when the whole structure of Homeland Security and other agencies having their counterparts in the private sector. There was some mistrust both between industry and Homeland Security Department or the corresponding federal agency and also among the players themselves within an industry because they were competitors and they didn't want to share information. Has that moved along, do you think? Is there greater trust and willingness to share data now that we're 10, 15 years into this effort? So I, I do think it's improved dramatically. I think we still have a long way to go. We still have to continue to work at it. Um, it's a bit like a marriage. you got to work at it every day to continue to build trust and to deepen those relationships. We've taken a lot of time and effort to work with not only industry, but also to work with our partners in the interagency. And so, you know, we've established a couple of different groups uh, one of them, uh, the most recent group that we established, is called the Control Systems Interagency Working Group. And this is really an interagency working group that is focused on defining a whole-of-community strategic approach to control system security. 
the working group serves as a strategic foundation for a unified effort to improve cybersecurity uh, control systems across the U.S. government as well as the private sector. We've got the working group broken down into four levels of effort. One of those levels of effort is supply chain, which DHS is leading that, uh, that level of effort. Standards, uh, NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, is leading that working group. We also have incident response, which DHS is leading, and then workforce, which NIST is leading. And I think it's important to outline that we started this group about probably a year and a half ago, and we pulled together the interagency. So we pulled together you know, the Department of Defense, the Department of, of, of Energy, the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, the Transportation Security Agency, the U.S. Coast Guard, um, as well as other parts of the intelligence community, uh, the FBI. So we pulled basically every department and agency that has a relevancy with industrial control systems, um, as well as uh, across all 16 uh, sector-specific agencies that deal with uh, risk management for critical infrastructure. And we pulled this group together and started talking about what collectively do we need to do inside the federal government so that we can engage industry better, more effectively, more efficiently, and we're not everybody doing their own thing. And so we met for about nine months every couple of weeks and uh, came up with these lines of effort. And then we brought in about 40 to 45 industry experts from owners and operators, IT, uh, industrial control systems, device makers, IT security companies, and as well as state and local. We brought these folks in and we talked to them about establishing this working group and becoming part of it. We established these four lines of effort. The working group writ large with the industry partners agreed to that. And then we quickly moved forward into basically breaking up into groups. So each one of these levels of effort across supply chain standards, incident response, and workforce has government and industry partners that are working to develop goals and objectives across these lines of effort to cover down on industrial control systems. Sounds like you feel pretty confident that this plan is going to help in the long run. I certainly do. There's a lot of work that we've been doing in the industrial control systems world for a long time. Um, we have the Industrial Control Systems Joint Working Group, the ICSJWG, which represents really a foundational public-private partnership uh, through which CISA supports information exchange, development of risk management capabilities, products and services, uh, and it really facilitates communication among federal, state, and local government asset owners and operators, uh, vendors, and system integrators across all of the 16 critical infrastructure sectors. The ICSJWG has been around for a long time. We actually just had our first virtual industrial control system joint working group meeting in June, and we had about 800 participants in that working group from over 40 different countries that participated. It's by and large the, the largest ICSJWG meeting that we've ever had, probably because people didn't have to travel, but it was a huge success. And so we, we have foundational groups like that that we're able to build on that are more operational and more tactical. And then we've got on top of that, you know, we're looking for the, uh, the control systems interagency working group to focus on those strategic kind of over the horizon aspects of supply chain, you know, different types of standards and best practices and controls 
incident response and workforce. Well, sounds like you got it covered. Richard Driggers is Deputy Assistant Director for Cybersecurity at the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you very much. We'll post this interview along with a link to the plan at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.